If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, welcome to the podcast that comes after a slightly civil war, in which we're talking about if you should have to finish a game before you can judge it, which uh, I certainly have a dog in the fight of, being a professional critic. Mm-hmm. What's your real opinion? Uh, my, my real opinion, look, I got very lucky with this coin toss as, uh, as my real opinion was reflected in my arguments, which is, I think there is a certain point in which you know the rest of the game. Right. Arguable. I mean, I guess we have to wheel out the slightly mealy-mouthed case-by-case argument again. But I agree, yes. <laughs> I mean, I have to because there have been plenty of cases where I've done my review of a game before I finished it. Occasionally, I've, um, like, tied off my opinion just by, like, watching the ending on YouTube just because I didn't have time in the week to play through the whole game. Absolutely. That might have happened with the Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> it's it's a lot to ask. Uh, you know, like, like I, one of my arguments about just how long games are, and in general, I think games are too long. Oh, yes. The Last of Us 2 is definitely too long. <laughs> it's it's sort of an indictment of the industry right now and it's all the more horrible when you consider the uh mistreatment of workers in this industry right the the crunch that happens yeah when you think of all the suffering that went into making the last of us 2 which when having played it i can confidently say you could strip maybe even six to eight hours out of that game and lose absolutely nothing it really makes me feel like this industry is on course for a violent revolution at some point. I'm I'm very excited for that revolution. I've I've been saying this for a long time now. I think especially games like The Last of Us or The Last of Us 2 or your Uncharted or these classic triple A's that what what we have here is a we have a cycle of expectations. The game developers make a, a 20 to 30 hour game because that's what audiences expect and if audiences don't get that they get mad even though they don't really want it. Is that really what the audiences are asking for though? I think audiences are just asking for nice focused refined experiences. It's I think it's just the algorithms of the corporate industry that decide what this means is making games bigger and better every time. <laughs> I, I think the audience is asking for it, but in classic, the audience doesn't know what they want. The audience doesn't really want 20 to 30 hour games like The Last of Us 2. They hmm. they they want The Last of Us 2 in a perfect world. It would be 10 hours and their story would be tight. Gameplay would be would be, you know, in there when it's in there and and we'd all win. Well, I don't know if it's what the audience wants, but I would say it's definitely what I would want. But that's because I'm a reviewer who has to have the game done in a week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of people who appreciate a game that lasts about 20 hours that they can just idly play an hour or two of every night for a month. Mm. I can't really speak for them, which uh, I guess points again to the abyss between the professional journalism sector and the people they claim to represent. 
That's true. You know, that's actually a, a facet that I, I haven't thought about, which is that you and I, when we play a game, we, we're usually trying to finish it in a few days. We're usually plowing through it. Yeah. Whereas everyone else doesn't do it for work. And so they, you know, get home from work, play an hour or two every night. I, I remember there was one Netflix show that I know got panned by the reviewers and one of the Netflix, whoever was a producer on that show said, no, 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 no. It's because you're binging it. You're not supposed to binge it. You're supposed to watch an episode, wait a little bit and watch an episode. Um, mm. And and that way the show, I forget what show this is, but, you know, if you watch it in that way, it's a much easier show to digest. Mm. And so I, I think, ooh, this, this is a whole new way of thinking. Yeah, I like that. Well, to get slightly back on topic. Yeah. I, I think this whole debate sort of feeds into a larger debate which is what exactly constitutes having finished a game (laughs) right which is a thing that varies from game to game and from player to player i would say i mean the last of us two that's a pretty stringently linear story-based experience so i think when you get to story end you're pretty much done there but if we were talking about something like say doom 2016 Hmm. you finish that on normal difficulty are you done or are you only done if you finished it on the highest difficulty? Mm-hmm. Some people would say one, some people would say others. The kind of person who plays games just to like get to the end of the story and beat the challenge, like me, would be perfectly happy saying they've beaten the game if they got the ending on normal. But if you're the sort of person who plays games to uh, hone their skills and become good at one specific set of skills, then you might not be done with the game until you've beaten all the challenges it has to offer. Right. Are you only done with Doom 2016 if you found all of the original Doom levels, uh, all of the hidden secrets? Well, that's the other thing as well. That's the other thing as well, the 100% completionists. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want, if you were 100% completing something like, say, one of the Final Fantasy games or one of the Persona games, that's those games are brimming over with hard-to-find side content <laughs> and collectible stuff. And you could be working at 100% completion for many, many weeks. Yes. Well, and, and uh, you know, uh, this is this is why, ma- you know, making such a definitive statement is so difficult because every game is different. I, you know, I'm currently in like hour 180 of my fourth Skyrim playthrough and I'm calling for games to be shorter. <laughs> is Skyrim really showing you anything new at that point? I, I am still finding new places. Yes. <laughs> See, that's the thing, isn't it? You're done with a game when you're done with it. You're done with it when you don't feel like playing anymore. When you feel you have extracted the maximum amount of entertainment you can get out of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Which, of course, is a highly subjective thing. (laughs) Often I feel like I've extracted the maximum amount of entertainment from something before I've finished it in the conventional sense. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I was talking about this on a panel at one of the old Escapist Expos. I think it was Susan Arendt who said that you should play a game until either you've reached the end credits or you know your opinion isn't going to change. (laughs) I think that's very fair. And there's certainly a point where you can be fairly certain your opinion isn't going to change. That's very fair. That's, um... That's that's interesting, though. And so would that would that even apply to before you've played a game? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, be be as all, well, all I criticism. suppose it does. I suppose it does, because there's certain kinds of games that I know I don't like. Right. I don't like real time strategy. It's not my mm-hmm. thing. I don't really like having to worry about multiple things at once. I don't really have the mental setup for it. Uh huh. So I always feel overwhelmed by real-time strategies, and I never really liked them. So I tend not to review them and or not play them at all. So I guess arguably I review the games before I've played them. 
Ooh, dang. Just by nature of being real-time strategy, I don't want to play it. I have called you out. It might be unfair, because there are plenty of examples of games I from genres I normally wouldn't consider that I gave a chance to and ended up really liking. Mm-hmm. Like what? What's, a, what's an example of that? Uh, I don't usually go in for, like, uh, driving games racing games okay but one game that really surprised me with how much i enjoyed it was driver san francisco oh have you played that uh, have you brought this up before is that where you're a ghost yes i might have brought it up might not have been directly to you it might have just been something <laughs> i was talking in but it's something i bring up a lot because it's a it's a car racing game but it's got a surprisingly in-depth plot where you're a detective who has the ability to possess other drivers on the road <laughs> yeah and uh, it's actually a surprisingly in-depth plot and a surprisingly uh, fun one. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of magical realism TV shows that uh, American TV channels used to put on around in the tea time slot. Like your, your Quantum Leap Ooh. or your um, Manimal. <laughs> or the old Incredible Hulk TV show, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And it's fun because the characters are good, the main character is likeable, and the whole gimmick that you can leap out of your body and possess any other driver on the road is also really good for gameplay sure sure because if you're trying to chase someone and you like miss steer and slam into a lamppost you can instantly hop out of your car hop into the next car on the road and get straight back into the action Hmm. and you can like uh, you can hop into someone in the oncoming lane and like drive head on into the person you're pursuing (laughs) and it's fun so I played it fun. for some reason. I guess it was a slow week. So I thought, I'm just going to play this random driving game. And I really, really enjoyed it. Well, there you go. And, uh, you know, very, on, a, on a very similar note, I normally I'm not a big story in games person. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, even even while I'm playing through Skyrim, I actually don't care about the story. I would much rather just go to every single bandit cave and kill all the bandits than actually care about finding the Elder Scroll or doing whatever. But I I decided uh, to give The Witcher 3 a try. And even on my first playthrough, I had a terrible time, mostly because I was playing it live on stream. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, of course, chat gets involved and I'm playing it wrong. Um, (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Which is never a good way to try a game. Uh, but, you know, after afterwards, I played it on my own and, you know, loved it, turned into one of my favorite games, fantastic game. Mm. But I did go in with preconceived notions. No matter how objective we think we can be as critics, we have our own personal taste. There is only subjectivity here. Yeah, which is a good game. And again, I'm normally sort of turned off by that sort of uh, open world RPG, especially the Western style ones. In something like um, uh, like Dragon Age 3, for example, mm-hmm. I always find it uh, a bit overwhelming when the world opens up too much. And I think the conversations <laughs> always look like your characters are dead in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and Witcher 3 has all of that, but somehow it works. Somehow there's enough animation in the, like, in the dialogues that yes. the characters don't give that effect. That's actually something I really enjoy about about Skyrim is because you never it never like cuts back to your character. You're always just watching, so yeah. you can never see how dumb you look. <laughs> yeah, the classic Bioware problem. I used to call mm. it Bioware face. <laughs> the face the characters always wear in Bioware games while they're in the middle of a conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't interact naturally in Bioware games. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with a real person in real life. What you tend not to do is stand stock still right in front of each other and maintain constant unbroken eye contact. (laughs) 
I think that's a power move. People tend not to do that. <laughs> like, that's how you assert your dominance in a job interview, I think. I, they've read the wrong book. <laughs> Another good example would be Spec Ops The Line. Ooh. Which is uh, a contemporary war shooter in mm-hmm. the modern warfare uh, latter battlefield game sort of mold. And if mm-hmm. you played like the first couple of hours, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's just another one of those. Mm-hmm. But then you play it a bit longer and you realize it's actually a clever deconstructive work that ultimately is saying, hey, people who like war shooters, fuck you for liking war shooters. <laughs> Still surprising they were able to make it and mm. publish it under a AAA label with that in mind. But sure. if you'd never finished that game, you'd never get the full effect. It's another case of me going into it thinking, I'm probably going to hate this because it's a contemporary war shooter. And then Mm. realizing, oh, this is actually really clever. Sure. But as you play the game, the standard primary loop of that game is the same as the games it's deconstructing. It's the scream problem. The parody of the thing is basically just an example of the thing. Sure. You just run around, get into cover and shoot the (sighs) enemies. And if you don't let the game make its full statement, then you would assume it was just doing that on face value and not because it was deconstructing the genre. Mm. Mm. I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to think of another example of a game where if you didn't get to a certain point you just wouldn't be able to give it a full criticism oh oh like uh, like bioshock of course mm. the the famous twist in bioshock that's the case of a story twist isn't it that's yes. the uh, sixth sense situation very sixth sense uh but but you know like definitely like that adds something to the game as whole it, as a whole it makes you actually think about player choice in games it was a fun it was a fun commentary on on basically games as a whole of of course i'm going to go down the hall and shoot the guy that's why i'm mm-hmm. playing the game <laughs> another example would be doki doki literature club which is a game that starts one way and then has a twist quite a surprisingly long ways into the game hmm it starts off as a standard uh, harem waifu visual novel dating sim. <laughs> and then does the Spec Ops Align thing. It says, hey, you person who's playing this because they like harem dating sims, fuck you for liking harem dating sims. <laughs> but this is all story stuff. And I want to get back to a point I was talking about in the main video, which is that video games have loops. All right. And if you don't close the loop, how can you judge it? There's a lot of... Uh, the way players think as they're going through a game that applies to the ending mm-hmm. and the need to be paid off by an ending. Okay. If you've ever played like an RPG and hoarded items because you're thinking, what if I need it later? That would be an example of a game waiting for a payoff. And I do think you kind of need to see where that sort of developmental loop is going to get a proper feel for the experience ah, i i suppose because as i say a final boss is a final exam hmm. it's supposed to like challenge everything you've learned and everything you do in a game is leading up to it especially in an rpg everything you do to develop your character is to achieve the end of being powerful enough to beat the final boss I suppose. And, and you know, whether whether the final boss is an actual challenge of all of the things that you've built up, or if it's a God of War-esque uh, button prompt simulator, uh, you should have to comment on that either way. I would say so, yes. But then again, video games uh, are split up into multiple loops. Right. And usually there's uh, there's not just a final boss, there's 
bosses along the way. And each boss is a sort of incremental uh, like capsule of what I'm talking about. You learn the skills in the area leading up to the boss, and then you apply those skills to that boss. So on the other hand, if the game does that well enough enough times, you might have enough of an impression of the game's design that you don't need to see the final boss as well. Well, I guess that that leads definitely to my point, which is we we kind of know how games work, especially those of us who play so many games over and over and over again every single week. There, yeah. there is a, there's a template, and once you find the template that this game fits under, you know what to expect, or at least you go in with expectations, whether those expectations are met or not. But doesn't that take video game journalism into sort of an algorithmic area? It sort of um, doesn't consider outliers, like your Spec Ops The Line, like your Doki Doki Literature Clubs, that there are games that do have, like, twists and bi- or big gameplay changes at some point in them. Uh, yeah. And if you start getting set in your ways... Well, if you're set in your ways, that sort of game can be, like, a, a real... can be really explosive to you. Exactly. Like, wow, I was, I was set in my ways, I was expecting one thing, and this is just lit everything on fire for me which is exactly why you bring those games up so often they made a real big impact on you i suppose but you wouldn't have gotten (laughs) that impact if you hadn't given them all enough time Ooh, double-edged sword oh i guess we're just gonna go back and forth on this i guess (laughs) we're just gonna go back to case by case situation isn't it it's i that's unfortunately how this breaks down so much of the time it's like oh it's just different for every game (laughs) let me say this though the argument mm-hmm. that a game only gets good after a while, I don't consider that a valid point in the game's favour. I agree. Some people, after I reviewed Final Fantasy Thirteen, and I specifically said I only played the first few hours so I didn't have much time this week, but of those first few hours, I was left quite unimpressed. And everyone was <laughs> saying, no, Final Fantasy Thirteen in particular, it gets really good about 20 hours in. <laughs> 20 hours in. And what I usually say at this point is, I play games because I want to have fun now. <laughs> I never say anything along the lines of, well, I don't feel like having fun now, but I might hypothetically want to have fun 30 hours from now, so I better start playing Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> it's like the, the old Mitch Hedberg joke about just always having a baked potato in your oven in case you want one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those baked potatoes, they take a long time. They take so long. But uh, is there, you know, this is something that, that I've, I've tried to figure out just with myself, just to, to try to be a bit more objective in games. Is there a, a number of hours in which you can say like, oh, I gave this a shot. I know I'm not going to like anything more. Well, case by case basis. Ha <laughs> ha. Some games Some. Uh, establish their loops earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd say it depends. Some games you can get a handle on immediately, mm-hmm. like your Doom 2016s, uh, which is the sort of game that makes its statement early on. That's Say, true. Action, demons, hooray. Oh, it's it's laid out all of its cards within the first 30, 45 minutes easily. Although now I'm bringing it up, I've said that Doom 2016 sort of loses me towards the end. Mm-hmm. Because it does lay its cards on the table early, and it does do a lot of, all the action and um, uh, ramping up of the action as you go, but uh, towards the end, when it's ramped up about as high as it's going to go, it starts to feel a bit repetitive. Like, you got too many... you got all the weapons and every 
all you do is like go into an arena they spawn the usual bunch of lads and you kill them all mm-hmm. and uh your weapons are too devastating and you're too practiced and it's it's all just sort of going through the motions at that point sure but they can't you know they can't just give you like all of your weapons and then say you're done you did it you collected all the weapons you need to be able to use all those weapons for a significant amount of time yeah and they need to teach you those guns gradually as you go along they can't just give you them all in one go exactly but you know maybe maybe it could they could have cut a you know an hour off of the end of uh, doom 2016 and made it a tighter experience this is a mm. uh, this is uh, my constant uh portal v portal 2 argument which is you know portal while it's significantly shorter than portal 2 is a is a much more significant game i've, I've i think i said something similar it's a much more focused game. Yes. I think we said the same thing about Doom 2016 versus Doom Eternal. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably true. Portal, I think, I'm trying to remember what I said in my review of Portal 2. Portal was like a little punnet of strawberries, and Portal 2 was a slightly larger punnet of strawberries, but there was also some sawdust in it. <laughs> so, on the whole, you still got more strawberries, but mm. you also had to deal with some sawdust to get at them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, which is, again, you know, not to, I know this isn't necessarily about like how long games are, but this is just a tear I happen to be on at this particular moment, which is games, uh, games are too long. Yeah. They said, yeah. (laughs) I'm an old man and games are too long. I got crap to do. (laughs) So we've got two sides of a coin here. We've got games that do get good later on or have a twist later on that sort of make the game. Mm -hmm. And then we have games that blow their load early and get boring towards the end. Both different sides of the same. You have to play the whole game to be able to judge it. Coin. Mm-hmm. That's it. I was hoping a point would emerge <laughs> if I laid out the points. Well, you know, again, this is so that what this boils down to is specifically for you and me. Like I like like we said, you and I are kind of are, are different because we do this for work. You know, we get paid to play video games. Um, we we are you know I I also play video games in my leisure time, but there's always a little bit of work involved so well, yeah here's what i'm saying okay five hours five hours in any game like if if you break it down like if you're watching if you're watching a movie that movie is going to be approximately two hours long hmm. in the first 20 to 30 minutes you have a really good idea on how you're going to feel about that movie okay which is approximately, you know, a, a quarter, 20% to 25% of the way in. Average video game length uh, is 20 hours. Five hours is about 20 to 25% of that video game. If... Well, in that case, why stick to five hours? Why not just stay a percentage of the full running time? Oh, sure, sure. We could do that. Well, let's just say 25% of the way into a game, you should have enough of the gist. This, you know, that that was one of my big points, which is like a game is so much more than the story. There's, yeah. you know, there's the primary loop, there's the art direction, there's the sound design. There is so much that you can, there's so much information that you should be able to gather within the first few hours of a game that you know which way it's heading. And I, whether, whether that's an indictment of us or whatever. Yeah. And I think. And I think with the examples I've given, Big Ops The Line, Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, Dune 2016, mm-hmm. I think if you did play uh, a quarter of the way through, you wouldn't have gotten to the bits that really twist things around on its head. But uh, you would have been getting hints that that might have been what we're moving towards. And I think those hints would be enough that you'd keep playing. 
Right. So yes, I, in 25% dating, I either need to have had the gist or have had enough, you know, pumps of metaphorical steroid to your fun glands to want to keep playing. <laughs> yes. Just never say fun gland again, because that sounds terrible. I've got a quite a pronounced and swollen fun gland, I'll have you know. <laughs> well, right. And I, I think like what what we're saying here, which is like we want to be engaged in a game. Mm. And and, you know, like obviously there's there's a tutorial. There's just learning the ropes. And that's like the first hour of a game, the first you know 10 percent of a game. You can't judge a game while you're still learning the ropes. Yeah. But within that first 20, 25% of a game, you should have an idea of where you're going. And if not, that's bad pacing, which is an indictment of the game. Okay, so if we're establishing a thesis here that while a game can certainly change later on, Mm -hmm. if you... Let me think about this. (laughs) You're You're putting words out on the internet. You gotta choose your words carefully here, Yachts. So if we're just going to say that you have to be at least still engaged at the 25% mark, Mm -hmm. and if you're not, it's fine to judge the game negatively. Yes. Okay, I can get behind that. (laughs) That is a quite acceptable thesis for me. Right, because then your criticism is the game was unable to pull me in. There you go. I've probably made many reviews along those very lines. (laughs) Good, good. Well, and, uh, you know, I think I think this is universal across all mediums here. You know, if if you're a couple chapters into the book and it hasn't pulled you in, that book doesn't hasn't done a good job. If you are a couple episodes into a season of a TV show and it hasn't pulled you in, then you kind of know. Right. Yeah. And I know certain shows get good after a while. Yeah, there are certainly some games that uh, I've concluded do get good after a while, but I've often said in the review that doesn't mean the game is forgiven i mean i only kept playing because i had to for my job right i would probably have stopped and therefore if the game does not review well it's its own fault (laughs) that that means the game shouldn't have been forgiven what game is this well i think i remember saying it about heavy rain Mm. that it's very slow going as a lot of david cage games are and Mm -hmm. but uh i did think it got better uh, quite a ways into the game but it was so long into the game that i would have been completely forgiven anyone to who gave up on the game <laughs> sure sure okay i like that i guess you know wh- wh- all i'm saying is i want people in general to place more value on their time hmm. your time for anyone listening to this your time is worth something and so if you are doing, if you are playing a game that you don't necessarily like because you think it might get better later, your time is worth something. Unless you're a serial killer. Feel free to continue distracting yourself however you like. Your time is less valuable. Please stop murdering people. Touche Yahtzee! You got me again. Well, of course, this is all subjective. Everything. All we can really offer as reviewers are a subjective argument. Mm-hmm. And that's why if anyone brings up the word objective, you need to give them a big slap in the face. Uh, 100%. Of, and unless you are talking about pure technical specs, yeah, there is no you? objectivity. <laughs> Sounds kind of boring. I bring it up because uh, you mentioned uh, worrying about being an objective reviewer earlier. And 
Really, that argument is done and dusted. No one can be an objective reviewer. Mm. All you can really provide is your own experience, and for most people, that's enough. Oh, that's fair. They just watch your reviews because they understand you, and they have mm. an understanding that they tend to like the things you like. Sure. That is how to be a good consumer of gaming media. Find reviewers who have a pattern of liking the things you like, and trust their opinion. Don't get mad at the ones who don't seem to like the things you like. Because <laughs> well, we maybe, will hold maybe you objective in all the time. Maybe objective was the wrong choice of words. Maybe I, maybe I just meant more. I want I want to make sure I try to be open minded. Right. You know, as as we both talked about games, we didn't think we would like, and we ended up liking. I know. Uh, you know, as another example, I for the longest time, uh, I, I love the game Spelunky. Everyone oh, yeah. loves the game Spelunky. It's a fantastic game. Good game. But for a long time, I I uh, uh, waved it aside, saying I would never play it because I don't care for the art style. Yeah, that makes you sound like a twat. Absolutely. But, you know, it's like, oh, I don't like that art style. I don't want to play like a weird, big-headed cartoon guy. You know, like it, it just reminded me of, of other games. So I didn't, I didn't look into it. I didn't try it. Of course, you know, I, I eventually played it and loved it. But I do try to remain open-minded. I think it was Total Biscuit, may he rest in peace who uh, took ages to be persuaded to play Undertale because he just wouldn't give anything the time of day if it wasn't HD or in 60 FPS, I think. Mm. And he could have missed out on something quite brilliant if he'd stuck to that. Mm-hmm. A lot. You can miss out on a lot brilliant if you stick to that. Well, anyway. Well, anyway. We've been sort of meandering a bit. Well, you know, it, like like we said, I think we kind of... we we I think we've done a very good job of of finding material to talk about here because of course the answer is as always depends on the game but i yeah. do i like our 20 25 rule here yeah uh, it's nice to come away with a distinct message and that yes. message is give it 25 percent at least mm-hmm. and um understand that your opinions are going to be subjective mm-hmm. and remember to be open-minded Ah, oh. try. Just try. All we're asking is to try. I, not everyone can be. To a degree. I mean, uh, if someone says, hey, I've just discovered how much fun it is to stick my tongue in an electrical socket, maybe don't be open-minded about that. <laughs> so be open-minded, but also, uh, you know, be logical. Uh, you only need to give a game uh, 25% uh, before you know your full opinions, but make sure you are aware that your opinions are subjective and other people might like the game, uh, but also um, uh, don't stick your tongue in an electrical socket. All right. Well, I guess the moral got a little muddy there. It sure did. (laughs) And we haven't even touched on how one measures that one is 25% into a game because this goes back to the previous argument about what constitutes a game finished. If you get 25% of 100% completion, is that 25%? If you're 25% of the way through the plot, is that 25%? Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, here's what you do. Also, you don't know until you get to the end of the game <laughs> at what point what the 25% mark was anyway. Here's what you do. You play a game until you're bored. Okay. Then, then, if you're bored, you look up, because uh, it's on the internet, how, you know, how many hours to finish the main story or whatever then you can start doing your calculations. But just play until you're bored. And if you're never bored, then you never have to worry about it. All right, fine. Let's make, <laughs> let's make it like a flow chart or something. Can we, can we get a, a, an Excel spreadsheet? Am I bored? Yeah. Am I bored? Yes, no. 
<laughs> no, just circle around. And if yes, uh, Google average length of game. Are you at 25%? If no, press on. Yep. If yes, might as well kick it in the head. Boom. There's the flow chart. Play, playing game, are you bored? All right. Well, glad to be of service. You're welcome, internet. I think we just saved people a ton of time. Yes, glad you all know the correct way to play games now. You're welcome. I think our work here is done. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to the podcast, etc. Yes, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast that comes after Slightly Civil War. Remember that you can listen to our episode, even though I'm not sure we talked about it exactly. The episode (laughs) that this podcast was based on was Do You Need to Finish a Game in Order to Judge It? which you can watch over on escapistmagazine.com. Follow uh, Yahtzee on Twitter. Yahtzee, what's your handle on Twitter? At Yahtzee Croshaw, spelled right, hopefully. Boom. Just start with at Y-A-H and they'll probably autofill the rest. Usually does. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Harlack. Follow Escapist Magazine on Twitter. They're on Twitter. Uh, uh, Follow... uh, Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Why not get a membership as well? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Get that YouTube membership. You know what? You get emotes for when we live stream. Uh, and you, more importantly, you get a highlighted green name so we can see your comments easier. Your comments stand out, which means we're more likely to, to read them. And you get to watch Zero Punctuation a week ahead of all the plebs. Without any ads. Nice. N- double nice. Uh, we done plugging. Uh, we've got a Teespring store as well. Bunch of new merch on there. You can get Zero Punctuation branded socks if you're into that. Oh, okay. Why not put one on your nose and the other on your knob? Uh, and then jump into your bedroom and say, look at me. I'm, I'm the Zero Punctuation elephant. That's, that's, uh, that's horrif- that's a horrifying image that you've filled me with. I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> we should probably stop talking I, I mean- generally. We really should have stopped like 10 minutes ago, but here we are. Hey, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.